Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. Here's your host, Simo Buck. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 10, Friday the 13th edition of the Hooper's Log. It is our weekend preview, college basketball preview, uh, FanDuel DraftKings versus the New York Attorney General. That's right, they're going to duke it out. They're going to get it done. And since we're in the FanDuel studios here for CLNS Radio, my name is Simo Buckets. I have Andrew Norris on the phone. We'll get him in a second. But since we have, we are in the FanDuel studios, you know who we're going to be voting for in our corner. Again, welcome on into the Hooper's Log. It is episode uh, 10 in this long journey of a process throughout this basketball season. And we are going to be talking a lot today about college basketball, previewing the top five teams and maybe a little bit further. And then also uh, we'll talk about this FanDuel and DraftKings thing. Also, we'll recap the NBA from last night and Thursday. I went 2-1, and Andrew went 3-0. and uh, and then, obviously, we'll give you a preview of the weekend. We're not going to give you all 25 games. Yes, it's a 25-game slate in the NBA. Shockingly, none of them are on national television because college basketball runs the world uh, once it becomes you know, live and active and once it starts going, like no one really watches the NBA for a couple of days, and then they come right back, just like all the time. The NBA is kind of like a yo-yo. Like, people love them, and then they disappear. And then they love them, and then they disappear. And then they love them. And then come April, and it's all NBA all the time. But it's funny because, you know, once college basketball begins, everyone loves it. And then it gets old to go back to the NBA. And then conference season starts. Everyone, or, and, then, and then you have bowl season for college, college football. NBA disappears, and then it comes back. And then you have – and then once the, and once that's done, the NFL playoffs begin, it comes back. It, it, NBA is like a yo-yo. It just comes back, it leaves, comes back, it leaves. And this week it's leaving. I mean, it just is. No one's watching it. Uh, nationally televised game. There's a couple of games, though, that we got to break down and look out for. But again, yeah, it is our college basketball. I know, I know, I know. It's it's an exciting time. It's a fun time in the world of college basketball as it begins today. And uh, we'll be breaking that down today. Andrew, how's it going on, man? It's going good. I'm excited. I get to see my Michigan Wolverines back in action pretty quickly here. Uh, you know, we got we got the preview today, which you know, I slaved over getting some notes on just so I can get completely caught up. You, you know, I'm a huge fan of recruiting, as I've said, so I know a lot about the incoming players. Obviously, I know a lot about the players who are still there. Um, you know, this top five, this top five is one of the uh, – best slash worst I've seen in a long time, so I'm excited to really get into everything today. 
It's really, it's really more of a parody thing than anything else. I've, I've been saying this the last couple of years, actually, when it comes to the world of uh, college basketball. The parody in college basketball these days is getting more and more and more watered down. From the perspective of not that it's bad, it's from the perspective of every there, – there's it's really deep now. Like, there's legitimately 100 teams – that could compete for a spot in the in the uh, in the uh, NCAA tournament every single year the last three years. It's it's been proven to be the fact and the case, and and it's more and more the fact that power conferences aren't meaning as much anymore. And as you can see, a team like Maryland is in the top five starting this season. We'll get into that in a second. Uh, I want to give a quick warning because it is that time of year where the rain comes in, my phone cuts out, and things happen. And uh, if it does, yeah, I know, Ollie. If it does happen. Uh, my and my phone cuts out. Just 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 be alerted on that and don't freak out because again uh, I may cut in and out from time to time and it's happened in the past. Andrew, you ready to kind of break down these games real quick and then preview? Unless we got some NFL picks first, do you want to do that first? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm down for that if if you want to jump to that first. All right. Well, let's get it going. All right. All right. All right. We're gonna learn today. Well, let's let's just recap the NBA real quick, I mean, and then we'll get to the NFL because it's just it's just really it, it really though because there's only three games on the schedule last night. We went you went three and zero, I went two and one. It was I mean pretty good day day for both of us. I mean obviously the Clippers lost to the Suns, one eighteen to one hundred four. It was interesting because Eric Bledsoe had a whiteboard worth of performance: twenty six points, ten rebounds, nine assists, and two steals. Obviously Brandon Knight had a 37-point night, not quite whiteboard-worthy performance considering his other stats, but you talk about the definition of an honorable mention or a fringe-worthy performance, uh, Brandon Knight was on that. He had 37 points and four rebounds. He had an outstanding performance, not quite whiteboard-worthy performance, didn't quite top the scale, but he did do a great job in that one. Uh, again, Eric Bledsoe, 26 points, 10 rebounds, nine assists, two steals, one assist shy of a triple-double, and he got on with a 56 in the whiteboard-worthy performance. Uh, Golden State, Minnesota, Golden State won 129 to 116. Not a shocker there. Again, Golden State's just, they're just right now, they're at a place where they can play games like this and they can win and beat any team in the NBA against Steph Curry with a whiteboard with a performance automatically with a 46 point performance, 61 overall, as he had five rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Draymond Green was really close to a triple double. He almost had, he had eight rebounds, so he was two rebounds shy of a triple double, 23 points. 12 assists from a big man. Most of those were lobs, by the way. If you didn't notice, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves defense was non-existent in that one. But Draymond Green had 23 points, 12 assists, 8 rebounds, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. He really was all over the basketball court. He had a 59 on the whiteboard with a performance scale. And then Derek Favors, in a loss to the Miami Heat, a good, a really good game, actually. Utah losing to Miami, uh, 91-92, Miami getting the W there. Derek Favors. You talk about a guy that was that you think Draymond Green was all over the court. Derek Favors did it from all angles. 25 points, 12 rebounds, 7 blocks, and then he had 3 steals and 2 assists. This guy did it all. He, he played an outstanding game to keep this Utah team in it. Uh, Utah is still the best defensive team points per game-wise in the NBA, and they didn't even have Rudy Gobert last night. I mean, this is a team that, again, they can contend with any team in the NBA. They proved it playing a team in Cleveland uh, earlier in the week, a couple of days ago. And they, their team, I, I don't think they're for real to do much this year, but when it comes to scaring teams and playing the dark horse role, they are the perfect team to do so. Andrew, anything from Thursday that you want to mention before we get into these NFL picks? Uh, I mean, Blake, Blake Griffin looked terrible last night. Uh 
and, you know, it helped me in my 3-0 and predictions because I called that Suns victory. Everybody give it up yeah. to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it, like I've said, the Clippers have not looked right. They haven't looked interested. They haven't looked uh, like like they were – they haven't looked together yet. Um, you know, you've seen no. some nice stat lines from a few different players. Uh, they, but they haven't looked together. The Suns looked awesome last night. They're now four and four, um, but you know five of those first eight are at home. So you know you you get a schedule break there. Although you know it's only one game, two games more, but that can be huge to start a season to get you on a roll. Um, Golden State's they're unreal, man. I mean, and you realize more and more every time you watch the thing that makes this this crazy machine run is Draymond Green. I mean, yeah. I saw his play last night where he got the ball at the top of the key, goes up to take a three, and then he just hit this crazy little bounce pass on a on Clay Thompson going I believe it was Clay Thompson going to the rim for a wide open dunk. I mean and it was it would have been a smart three to take, but he got him a wide open dunk and it was just on a good basketball play. Nothing Minnesota could have done. And you'll see those type of plays 5, 10, 15 times a game from uh, Golden State compared to other teams. Now, right. it, it, it was just – <laughs> and we talk about it every day. We talk about how we're not the biggest Golden State fans, to say the least. But I, I have to admit I'm a fan of the way they play the game. And it's if you're not, then I guess you're just not really a fan of great basketball. Because it it was just fantastic, but um yeah let's let's stop talking about Golden State because it makes my stomach hurt and let's get into yeah. the Celtics. Yeah, real quickly, I wanted to say something on that. Um, you made a great point about the Golden State Warriors before we move to the NFL picks that they are a team that they and you said it fifteen times, ten times, fifteen times a game. You'll see them make an amazing play, and I, I'll agree with that. They almost have to make amazing plays to stay competitive because their game is so outside-based where it allows them to get those open baskets and play the way that they can play from the outside and the perimeter. I mean, Charles Barkley was hounding at the TV yesterday during, uh, during the highlight reels. He was like, look, Steph Curry is wide open most of the time. Yes, half the time he creates his own shot where he can get himself open like that. But there's other times where guys just they, they just don't come off screens. They don't find a way. Some for some reason they don't guard him. Clearly, it doesn't help when you have a young team in Minnesota. But when he's open, he's gonna make it like 80% of the time. He's going to make it when he's open. When he's contested, he'll make it half the time. That's that's what good players, good shooters do. Great shooters do, and he can do that. And you make the point of them having to make great plays. It is very early in the NBA season. Those great plays will start to diminish just naturally based upon the fact that, look, it's, the grind of the NBA season is going to take those kind of plays away. The good teams will start to recognize that. They'll make adjustments. Teams will start to see that kind of thing. And so for Golden State Warrior fans to keep seeing this kind of domination from, the, from, from their team, it's fun to watch now. But I, I recommend that you, you don't get used to it because of the fact that those great plays keep coming. And you and you bring up a excellent point that I 100% agree with. Draymond Green is a guy that has completely revamped his game from the time he left Michigan State to now. This guy turned into a was a guy that was kind of just a big body, a nobody, a guy who on NBA 2K about two, three years ago was rated like 65. No one knew who this guy was. He wasn't anything. He was just a big body that came off the bench and played five minutes. Now he's a guy who's a crucial 
you can make the case one of the better small forwards in the power forwards in the NBA when it comes to his overall skill set. He is un, he is he went from a defensive mechanism type guy to now he's turning into an overall presence on the floor. And without his overall presence, this team doesn't take the steps that it wants to take this this season right now. Because he's kind of like, they mentioned a good point last night, Charles Barkley did on the Chicago Bulls. Hassan Whiteside, however good Hassan Whiteside's going to be, however good Hassan Whiteside's going to be, is however good the Bulls are going to be when taking the next step. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Those are the rumors I saw. Pardon me. The Miami Heat. I I was looking at rumors on Hassan Whiteside going to the Bulls. My apologies. Uh, What I'm talking about is, is basically if Hassan Whiteside however good he does is however good the Miami Heat are. And I agree with that statement because Hassan Whiteside is a good defensive, uh, you know, garbage can type of player. But he's not, like Andrew has said and like I've said, fundamentally, IQ-wise, he's not there yet. And that's what we've seen the, uh, the transformation of Draymond Green turn into. If Hassan Whiteside can do that for Miami, then yeah, they'll, they'll take the next step. And that's what Draymond Green's done. He's taken that next step as a player, and we're seeing that every day, it seems like. And from when he first started in the league to now, it's a complete transformation. He has changed his game completely for the betterment of the team. And that's the kind of guy that you need to make your team make the next step. And that's why the Warriors have been so good. Okay, let's get into these NFL picks. NFL picks, let's get going. Let's do it. All right. All right. Got? The, uh, the first game we're going to do, and these are all against the spread. You know, if anybody wants to call in, please, please call in. Number is 323-642-1558. One more time, 323-642-1558. Or tweet at us. We're always open for that, you know. Uh, again, against the spread. First game, we have Denver uh, taking on Kansas City. This one's in Denver, in Mile High. Who you got? The spread is five and a half. Uh, Denver's the favorite. You know what? This whole entire weekend, I've actually made my – I've made seven picks this week already for trendbetting.com. For those of you that don't know, I, I help promote trendbetting.com. They're a bunch of great guys who make unbelievable picks and sell packages online to those who want to make picks. But uh, a lot of my NFL picks are for the favorites. And I'm going to say Denver. Denver is a better team than the, than, the, than the Chiefs right now. They just are. And they just came off a tough game against the against the uh, – oh, gosh, the, the Colts. But uh, when they when now that they're playing the Chiefs, I think considering this is a division rival, I got the Denver Broncos minus the five and a half. Who do you got? Oh, I think it's easy. I got Denver, and I don't even think it's going to be close. Uh, Denver's yeah. defense is legit. Their, their, their D-backs are insane and uh, – Chris Harris and Akeem Talib. Although uh, Talib won't be playing in this game after poking some, uh, I forget who it was, poking him in the eye. Uh, you know, he came out and said it was an accident, but if you see it, that's asinine to even consider. Um, but yeah, I, I also have Denver in this game. Five and a half sweets too small to spread for me. The next game is the Cardinals and the Seahawks. The Seahawks are a three point favorite, it's in Century League. Uh, you know, Seahawks are four and four. Haven't looked too impressive. Who you got in this? This isn't because I live here. It's just the facts. This team coming off bye weeks, the Seahawks coming off of a bye week, and they're playing at home. They're gonna they're gonna find a way to adjust and play their best football right now. Everyone on Sunday Night Football is gonna look at this team and be like, "Holy crap! They're gonna make a run. They're gonna get back to the playoffs and they're gonna dominate." I think this is the game where they make the turnaround 
at home. People are feeding off the fact that they want them to do well because people here are getting upset and confused at why this team is playing so bad. I think that there's a lot of things going on on that team, and I think they figured them out and hashed them out during the bye week, and I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to utilize Jimmy Graham a lot more in this game. Hopefully he's on my fantasy team, cross my fingers. Uh, but he, this is a guy where he needs to be involved more in the offense, whether it's blocking, whether it's uh, running, or the defense. and this is a game where they have to dominate, and I think they need to. And if they don't, they're going nowhere. They're not going to do anything. If this is a close game and the Arizona Cardinals cover that spread and win by a po- or lose by a point or two or if they win, you're looking at a team that's not going anywhere, and I don't think that's the case. I just think the Seahawks team's too good, too talented to not dominate this game at home. What do you think, Andrew? Andrew, you there? Yep. Again, the the mute button was on. We run into this problem, I think, on every show because we're a bunch of dummies. But uh, yes, I said I uh, I got the Cardinals in this one. Uh, Russell Wilson to me is the most overrated or one of the most overrated players in the entire NFL this year. He has nine touchdowns, six interceptions. He's still treated like a top tier NFL quarterback. I know he can make things happen with his feet, but he's just not a good thrower. Cardinals winning this one, moving to seven and two. That'll basically lock up the division for them, going three yeah. games up with with seven games to go. You know, I, I wouldn't be sure if the Cardinals would lose five games after that. Um, right. So this is almost a must-win game for Seattle as far as the division goes. But I got I got the Cardinals. Uh, oh, but if you're a betting man, like like I try to be, uh, over under is forty four and a half. I would definitely take the under on that. Mm, okay, uh, I, I would too, actually. All right. Now, now the next one we got is my hometown Detroit Lions and their astounding one-seven record. Oh, I forgot about that. My hometown <laughs> Detroit Kitties and their home, their in their one and seven record, uh, haven't won in twenty-one years at Lambeau against the six and two Aaron Rodgers-led Packers. Now, I. Aaron Rodgers had a bit of a drop-the-mic moment this week. He was talking, saying, well, yeah, you know, it's been some close games since I've been here. It's been it's been moving on, and uh, he said something along the lines of, the balls just happened to roll our way the last 20-something times. Uh, just kind of a drop-the-mic moment there. Um, but 11-point uh, spreads a lot in the NFL, uh, but it's in Lambeau. You know, I think the Packers can win this by 20-plus. But I also think the Lions are going to come out really motivated. The whole front office just got fired. Their head coach is on the verge. Uh, quarterback Matthew Stafford doesn't know if he's going to be if he's going to be back uh, next year. Neither does Calvin Johnson. So I think you might see a mirage. I think this ends up being closer to a 3- to 7-point game. But I think Greenway, Green Bay comes away, but the Lions do cover the spread. Homer alert. I was going to say, uh, man, you must be taking some serious Homer pills right now because this is uh, – you got to really think about what you're saying. I know and I understand what you're saying. I get your perspective. But at the same time, it's like, dear God. I mean, you're talking about a 1-7 team playing a team that – or, you know, I don't know, 1-8, 1-7, playing a team that just got their bell rung against the, the Carolina Panthers. And they're going to come into – they're going to come back home uh, feeling like, man, we we just we just gave one away to Carolina last week as we were coming back, and this week if they come back with that same mentality, it's going to be like you said, a twenty point victory, fourteen points easily. They're only given eleven and a half. I saw that spread and I was like, 
holy crap, that's not that is not a good enough spread. It needs to be like 15. If it was a 15, I'd think about it, but it's 11 and a half. That's two touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers can score two touchdowns in three minutes. I mean, he might cover the spread at the beginning of the game, kind of like the Golden State Warriors when they covered the spread in the Minnesota game in the first two minutes of the game. I mean, that's pretty much, that's pretty much what it's going to look like in this one. They're going to cover the spread quickly. They're going to keep it that way. And uh, I really don't see Detroit keeping this close at all. I can't blame you. That's just... You know, what, what am I going to do? I don't know. It's been this way for so many years. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then we got the Vikings taking on the Raiders. The Raiders, 4-4, four and four, uh, probably the surprise team of the year so far, have looked you know, have looked better than 4-4. Four and four. Derek Carr, 19 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. I mean, he has numbers up yeah. there with Aaron Rodgers, with, you know, Tom Brady, with Andy Dalton. This has been a great season. Mari Cooper's on pace for over twelve or over thirteen hundred yards, over eight touchdowns. Wow. You know this this team looks legit, and they only have room to grow from here because they're all so young. They're getting three points or giving three points at home against the Vikings. Now I know the Vikings are your team. Do we have a homer alert on the rise? Here's the thing about this game, and I want to be honest with this, and I'm going to go completely. Uh, what do you call it? Uh, I'm going to be completely objective about it. And the reason why, only reason I'm picking the Vikings in this one is because I have picked them the last five weeks. And they've either been favored by a couple of points. They've either been favored by a touchdown, underdogs by a touchdown. And I've always picked them. And it's not because I picked them to win. It's because the spread is perfect for them. And this game kind of scares me. And the only reason I picked the Vikings is because they're at home. If they're on, if, if actually, I don't think they're in Minnesota. I think they're in Oakland, if I'm not mistaken. They're in Oakland. Um, yeah. And so the only reason I pick them is because of their defense. And that is a nut thing to say because the last time I remember this defense being this good, and they're not great. They're like a middle of the pack top 10, you know, like, like maybe number eight defensively. They're not great, but they're, they're, they're above average and they're in the middle of the pack type defense. They don't make mistakes. I don't, I've been watching this team for about the last five, six weeks. And I, I haven't seen them make very many penalties, very many mistakes on the defensive side of the ball. They have made some unbelievable open tackle plays like one-on-one plays where if the, if the defender would have missed the tackle, it would have been a 50-yard run or a 50-yard receiving catch. This team, Minnesota, is they, they're still, they still kind of bother me. Granted, it's my team, so they're always going to bother me. But it's one of those things where this game is going to be probably one of the better games of the weekend. And I could see it going to overtime. And if this game goes to overtime, then Minnesota's spread is perfect. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, if, they, if it's tied – and or or if they or if they lose by three, then Minnesota gets a push. So it's one of those things where it's like I, I could see this game being really really close, and I could see it being less than a, than a three point spread. Honestly, I could see this spread being three. I could be it being a three point loss to the Vikings. I could see it being a three point win for the Vikings. It could be a three point game either way. But I'm going with the Vikings because I think that it's going to be a three point game. And I don't think if the Raiders win by three, it's a push. If the Vikings win, it, they, then I win. So that's why I think it's going to happen. I, I don't think the Raiders will run away. But I agree with you. Derek Carr has looked outstanding. That offense has looked great. I mean, they have looked great. And their defense is playing okay. They're not great. They're playing okay. And they're a team where down the road they're going to be better. And the Vikings, they're, they're playing good football right now. They're not playing amazing football. They're playing good enough football where they're just eking out wins and they've been eking out wins the last couple of weeks now 
and this might be the time where they finally get a loss. And it wouldn't shock me if they do, but I think they have some urgency. Going in, looking ahead to next week where they play Green Bay, knowing Green Bay has a powder puff on their schedule, I think Minnesota's going to come out and play one of their hardest games this week. And I think they're going to get a win, and I think they need to play hard because if they don't, they know that that Packer game is not going to mean as much heading into next week. So that's why I got the Vikings plus three. Yeah, okay, Homer. Um, and then the final <laughs> game of the week. <laughs> For the final game of the week, we got the Patriots taking on the Giants at Life Stadium. New England is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Chris, is this going to be more Super Bowl-type Giants versus Patriots or more regular season-type Giants versus Patriots? Don't kid yourself. The Giants are one of the more inconsistent teams in the NFL, but the Patriots are 8-0 for a reason. They're playing a lot like the 2007 Patriots. They might be even better than the 2007 Patriots. That's saying a lot because that 2007 Patriots team was unbelievable on offense. And this team just finds ways to win on multiple levels, kind of like that 07 team. And they have a itch to them where they just don't want to lose and they don't want to give in. I think they're going to get the win in this one. I think they're going to win by a touchdown, maybe even 10 points. Easy. More than seven and a half, yeah. Uh, I'm with you. The deflatriots, I mean, the uh, spikatriots, I mean, uh, the Patriots <laughs> are going to probably win this one by anywhere from two to three touchdowns. But Eli Manning <laughs> strikes fear to Tom Brady's heart, so I'm not going to guarantee anything. But at, for the for the sake of the picks, I am going to take the New England Patriots. Now, with that, guys, that does wrap up the picks. Um, you know, I just actually tweeted at Tony Jones. He just walked back a guy named Taco Fall in a seven foot six player uh who plays for UCS. Uh so I tweeted at Tony Jones, told him, you know, if he know if he wants to talk, feel free to call in. Um, you know, we can talk about some taco fall and the Yao Ming sized people. Uh but you know if you wanna <laughs> right. make some, if you if you wanna make some NFL picks, if you wanna win a bumper sticker, if you wanna win, you know, NBA two K, call in guys. We want you to call in, okay? Um, you know, when, when you call in, do some NFL picks. Even if you want to just take a guess at our at, at our question, um, you know, you you will yeah, at least have the chance to win 2K. At least have the chance to get some some stuff from the show, and we'll take it from there. But uh, go ahead, Chris. We got college basketball preview. We're not going to do a whole bunch here, just based upon the fact that college basketball is literally insane. And if you want to preview everything, you you just need to go to a website and review because it's just so insane. But we're going to talk about the top five teams. Now, in the AP, we have North Carolina, Kentucky, Maryland, Kansas, and Duke. Uh, Obviously, the big name teams outside of Maryland are, you know, Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina. What else do you expect? The one I want to look at more is USA Today poll, where you have – it's the same teams, but Kentucky is in first, Carolina is in second. They're both tied, realistically. And then Maryland, Duke, and Kansas. I mean, here's the thing about heading into this season that I want to say before I let Andrew talk. This is going to be one of those years where I think we're going to see some real weird stuff happen in the top ten. I mean, we already have some weird stuff. Gonzaga's number nine. Iowa State's number seven. Virginia was top three last year pretty much the whole season. Oklahoma's in the top 10 again, Gonzaga, Wichita State. These are very, very, very small programs. I mean, Gonzaga has been one of the more powerhouses in college basketball for the last, I'd say, 10 years. They've actually been something, and they're a very, very small school. They're out here in Spokane, eastern Washington, about six hours away from my house. 
and they are you wouldn't know where their school is unless you had to, unless you drove near it because it's just nothing there's nothing out there it's a tiny school wichita state's the same way iowa state is is rather big but i mean it's basketball wise it's not it's been known more for its basketball but it's still a football kind of school it's this is kind of this is going to be one of those years in college basketball where we're going to see some weird things happen in the top ten. And the one team I want to look out for that's not in the top ten is LSU. Why? Benjamin Simmons. Yes, people know that name because that guy is going to be an NBA commodity come April, May, June when the draft happens. I'm telling you, Benjamin Simmons ain't going to be in the ain't going to be in college basketball more than one year. This guy is a one and done type of guy, and he's going to be a superstar in the NBA come next season. Andrew, what do you got on college basketball? First of all, a little spoiler, because I'm going to get to a little Final Four thing at the end. I am with you. LSU is in my Final Four, but that's just a spoiler. Wow. But let's start Let's start with my – or let's start with the number five team in the country, according to the AP. That's Duke. Um, first of all, are you surprised they're in the top five? Coach K, no. defending champions. Sure, they lost to Lil Okafor and Justice Winslow. Guess what? They got – Three five stars coming in. They got uh, Brandon Ingram, Derek Thornton, and Chase Jeter. These guys are no joke. They're all five stars. <laughs> okay, this, there's only like fifteen five stars in the entire country when it comes to basketball. It's not football when there's where there's like thirty or forty. Okay. Now, the biggest question coming in is how much can Grayson Allen improve? You know, he right. showed that he's a legit. He showed he's a legit player last year. Um, Obviously, he wasn't the number one or number two option with two lottery picks going out, you know, in Oak Forum Winslow, like I said. But this is a team that with Coach K, with three five-stars, with Grayson Allen, you know, they're experienced off the bench. This is a very, very good basketball team. I think five is way too low for them. I think, uh, you know, they could potentially get an, a one seed into the, March, or into the tournament, you know, but it's it, it's a team that's great. You know, my – I'm just going to go over these teams pretty quick. I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on all of them. But my prediction for Duke this year, I think they're going to be number two overall seed going into the, uh, going into March Madness. And I think they'll lose in the elite eight. Uh, The number four team in the country, Kansas last year, they lost in the round of 32 to Wichita state Uh, in the draft this year. They lost Kelly Obrey. They lost uh, Cliff Alexander. They got Perry Ellis back. They got Wayne Selden back. So those are two very good players. Wayne Selden was a little bit disappointing last year in the fact of he didn't improve much. Uh, but this 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 freshman coming in, uh, I don't really know how to perfectly say it. I think it's Czech Diallo, uh, small forward, plays a little bit of power forward. This guy is a beast. Okay, this is going to be a top five pick in the NBA draft this year. Mark my words on this. This guy yeah. can run up and down the floor. This guy can handle the ball a little bit. This guy can, you know, step out, make a shot. This guy can drive the lane. He is a beast. He might be the freshman freshman of the year this year. That is that is completely possible. I think he's the best freshman in college basketball right now. Not wow. a lot of people are as high on him as I am. I am huge on this guy. Um, now, the thing that's going to really push this season is whether Wayne Selden improves because like i said not much improvement if he improves uh, he has to improve substantially to make this team great this team is going to be good i think four is high i think there are more to start the season at least i think they should be closer to a 10 to 15 
Um, but, you know, the name does a lot for them. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they can – I think they're a Sweet 16, Elite 8 team at best. Uh, you know, and that I'm really not in love with this team unless Thalo can just take over and be exactly what I think he is. Then he's got a shot to really push this team far into the tournament. Number three team in the country is a team I absolutely love in Maryland. Uh, last year they lost to West Virginia in the round of 32. Um, but coming into this year with Suleiman and Melo Trimble, this might be the best backcourt in all of college basketball. Now what comes with this great backcourt, the negative to this team is down low. They're not very good. Dodd or Dud or whatever his name is, he, he puts up duds, okay? guy averaged 2.7 points last year in over 15 minutes game. He needs to improve significantly. He's going to be the starting center. He needs to improve on every facet of the game, defense, offense, and rebounding to make this team where they're, to make this team a number three team in the country. Um, You know, I think this team will finish in the top 10 of the rankings uh, by the end of the year. And I actually think Melo Trimble is going to be the player of the year uh, in college basketball. Melo wow. Trimble's a beast. He's going he's gonna to work his way into a lottery pick. This guy is legit, okay? Maryland is a very good team, and a lot of people do not want to respect them. Now, when it comes to Kentucky, I am not a huge Kentucky fan, to say the least. Last year, they lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. Only bad news about that is I'm not exactly a Wisconsin fan either. Um, but losing to Wisconsin in the Final Four, further proving the point that – Coach Cal is a great recruiter, but if he ever, you know, he's just not a good coach. He he just can't make all this talent work. All right, I don't want to take it as far as I just did it and say he's not a good coach because he is. He's a fantastic coach, but he's he's not a good. He's not in Coach K's league. He's not in Tommy's right. league. He, right. I wouldn't even say. I don't even think he's in Shaka Smart Smart's league. Yeah. You know, and that's, I agree with you on that's that. That's crazy. And, uh, I was, you know, the, yeah, I was just going to say, I agree. I was oh, sorry. I was just going to say real quick. I agree with you. I think, I think when it comes to the hoopla about Kentucky, it's kind of like the SEC in football. Everyone loves the SEC in football. They just drool over them. Everyone drools over coach K or excuse me, coach Cal because of the fact that he can recruit and he can get the best of the best there. But it's more of like, here you go. Just go do it. Have fun. Dominate have a good time, and that's what they do, and they did that last year, and they dominated. Yeah, he can manage what they do and how well they are, but he can never get them to that next level of winning a title. He, could, he, didn't, he didn't do it last year. The year before that, yeah, he won a title in 2012, but, I mean, he had Anthony Davis. He had, he had four legitimate guys that were NBA talent that year. I mean, yeah, he had a couple this year, but he didn't have a bunch like he did in 2012. That was a crazy year for him. But outside of that, yeah, he, he can't get his team to the next level because he's not that caliber of a coach. If Coach K had Kentucky, we'd be talking about, like, eight or nine in, like NCAA championships over the last, like, ten years. That's, that's what would be happening because the talent Kentucky has, Coach K could manifest that and win championships every single year because there's years where Coach K has had very bad teams and they've still found a way to hover around the top ten. And that's crazy to talk about considering college basketball is so parity-driven and so close together with team talent, and he can find a way to get his team with less talent to farther places. That just goes to show you how good of a coach Coach, coach Kidd. Carry on. Yep, I, and I'm with you on that. Now, uh, the biggest factor for Kentucky, I think, this year is going to be can Alex Poitras rediscover that, that 
play he had when he was going to be an NBA lottery pick. Coming in his freshman year, this guy was highly sought after. They thought he was probably going to be a top five pick. Um, if he can get back in that groove, obviously he's been injured, but if he can get back in that groove, this guy and this team could really push, you know, those the final four of the championship. Uh, you know, they have a possible number one overall pick coming in in uh, scale of this year. He's a beast down low. Uh, he, he can shoot the mid-range. Reminds me a lot of LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, and you know, in, in, in today's game, that, that shot's becoming more and more important. Uh, they have a potential lottery pick also in Isaiah Briscoe. He's he's a damn good player. Now, this team is not as strong on paper as previous Kentucky teams, not even half of as strong as what last year's team was. But it's still, yeah. you know, five-star recruit, five-star recruit, five-star recruit, five-star recruit, one after another. Um, you know, I think I think this team's going to underwhelm this year. I think they'll finish closer to the bottom half of the 25, top 25 than the top half of the 25. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's they would really have to underwhelm to do that because the Kentucky name gets you ranked higher just, just by, you know, being Kentucky. Um, I had a question. I had a question before you get yeah. to the number one team. Uh, Tyler Eulis from Kentucky. Um, why did this guy not go pro? He was one of the more mainstays of this Kentucky team last year, and he decided to stay. Why did he stay? What, what's, is, he, is it because he's too small? He's a really little guy. I mean, he's 5'9". Is it because he's too small? Is he, not, is he not polished enough to go to the NBA yet? Or, or is, is there just something else that we're not knowing about this guy? Yeah, they were talking about him as a late second round or even a uh, undrafted player. Like he said, five nine, he's tiny. We've seen five nine players do it before, um, and I just want to let everybody know as I do the show in my car. There's a cop pulling somebody over right behind me, so that's nice. <laughs> um, but there's a, <laughs> it's a little minivan, and there's a cop pulling them over. But. Um, yeah. You know, he 5'9", you have to prove yourself for for a long time to yeah. to really to get drafted even when you're when you're that small. He's a good player, um but you got to think if he goes up against somebody like Michael Carter Williams in the NBA, what's going to happen? That guy's almost a foot taller than him. That's yeah, no like, chance. That that's Nate Robinson going up against, you know, almost you know, that's Nate against LeBron if you think about it size-wise. Yeah. So, it's it's not it's not an easy thing to do and as much as people want to go well size doesn't you know, you can overcome size. In the NBA you can't a lot of the time. It's it's yeah. very hard to do. Um to the number one team, uh I I think Duke should be the number one team, but it's North Carolina. Uh last year they lost to Wisconsin, I believe, in the round of thirty two. They did not look very good last year. But this year coming in they are an experienced team. They have six seniors yeah. on their roster. Uh, you know, only two freshmen. You get another year of the lottery pick to be Justin Jackson. Now, a big problem they had is last year was dribble penetration defense. Guys were getting to the rim at will. They couldn't stop anybody. This defense needs to improve. It got it got better as the year went on last year, but it needs to consistently be very good. Earn a number one ranking, your defense needs to not only be consistently very good, but consistently great. Justin Jackson right. is another player who's going to be in the running for player of the year. Um, UNC is a good team. I do think they'll finish in the top five at the end of the season, maybe even top three. 
Um, but, you know, that that kind of rounds out the top five. Now, if we're getting into, you know, awards and all that, uh, the Wooden Award, the Player of the Year, I actually have Mellow Trimble coming out with that. I talked about him at length a few moments ago. This guy is legit, and and it's just, he, he excites me. Um, he's fun to watch. I think they're going to probably beat Michigan this year, Maryland is, because, you know, they're in the Big Ten as of last year. Um who who you got winning the the Wooden Award, Chris? You know what? I'm just gonna say it. Benjamin Simmons. I have been reading so much on this guy. I've been reading on this guy since since January, and this guy has been touted to be the next best thing in college basketball. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of great freshmen coming in, as you've mentioned on these top five teams. But I'm telling you, this 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 guy is he. In my opinion. He's slated to be the next big thing in the NBA. I, I honestly think that this guy is going to come in, and I don't think he's going to be like LeBron or anything like that. I just think he's going to be a. I think he's going to be kind of like a Jimmy Butler. He's going to come in. He's going to he's going to be kind of under the radar. I think come draft year, draft time, and this draft this year, he's going to do great and obviously win Player of the Year. But I think when he gets into the NBA, he's going to he's not going to play great. Maybe his first couple of months in the NBA, but then you're going to see him start to just blossom. I think he's going to become one of the one of the best players we'll see in the in the NBA come about a year from now. I just think maybe a little over a year from now. I just think this guy has just talent through the roof, and I think he's he's going to win Player of the Year this year as a as a freshman and go straight to the NBA. Yeah, and you've uh, you kind of gave away you kind of gave away your pick here for the Diaper Dandy Award. Um, yep. best freshman in the country. Uh, you obviously have Ben Simmons. I have checked Diallo again. Uh, I, you know, I, I good. spoiled that earlier. Now, this one is where it gets really interesting for me. Um, the Coach of the Year Award. I actually have Tom Izzo winning this one. Michigan State starting, and I'm a Michigan fan, people. I'm not a Michigan State fan, so don't call me a homer. Michigan State <laughs> starting the season ranked 13th in the country. Um, you know, they got two five stars and a four the Tom Tom is those best recruiting class ever coming in. And this is a guy who's been to six final fours and won a championship. Uh so you talk that's about saying el- elite you talk about elite coaches. That is Tom Izzo. He is a guy who is a if you put Tom Izzo, I guarantee you this, and this is not being over exaggerant. If you put Tom Izzo in Kentucky, that is a team that wins nine of ten championships. That guy is elite every single year when him and coach K face off against each other it is the one of the greatest chess matches you watch in basketball because those two guys just know how to coach to their strengths completely and they 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 find ways to utilize guys that wouldn't get playing time or wouldn't be important on any other fact coach Izzo is is he's been one of my favorite coaches in college basketball for a long time because the guy is passionate the guy knows how to get his guys ready every single game and play each team the way they need to be played. He is the perfect chess match player when it comes to his team in Michigan State. And I agree with you. I think every year, I would just slate him every year as coach of the year because he finds a way to get his team with less talent than others to win more games than not. Yeah, and that's why it's going to be interesting this year because Tom is a, he's normally a guy, a coach who, you know, these players start really playing uh, – two, three years into their college basketball career, sophomores and juniors are normally the ones. But he's going to have some freshmen playing a lot this year. So it'll be interesting to see how he handles that. Um, you know, another surprise team, just real quick, I could see Cal. I think Jalen Brown's a stud, uh, top three pick this year. Um, but let's get to the final four talk. 
way too early Final <laughs> Four predictions. As you know, I also love. I also really love way too early NBA Finals predictions. So kind of the same thing. On one end of the bracket, I have Duke uh, against Michigan State. Actually, you know, we just tucked in length. It's hard for me to put them there. Then the other end of the bracket is where it gets fun. And if this game happened, I would record it and watch it over and over again every day until the day I die, which might be like a week later because I don't think I'd get out of my couch to get water. Uh, Maryland (laughs) versus LSU. Okay, Mellow, Trimble, Goat, Kemba on everybody, okay? And just picks Maryland up and says, well, we're not going to lose this this year, guys, at least not until the final four. And then LSU, like you said, Ben Simmons, uh, Quarterman, who's going to probably be a first-rounder. They are. They lead that team into the Final Four. This game would be the best day of my life because both of these teams intrigue me beyond belief. I love players that both of these teams have. Um, you know, if, if you got it, who do you got in your Final Four, Chris? Who Final Four in November? Holy cow! Uh, <laughs> all I know, all I know is, is in college basketball. It, this is why. This is why college sports. This is why sports in general is so great. It's because of March Madness, and March Madness really epitomizes the 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 spirit of sport. And by the time we get to that point, and I've mentioned this in a previous show, where college basketball really has like four separate seasons to it. You have the preseason part, which we're about to begin today, and then you have conference play, which begins right around Christmas time, and then you have conference tournament time where teams just transform. You'll, it's so crazy how you see teams transform throughout conference play, and then once they get to the conference tournament, they just they just disappear, and everyone changes. And then those two weeks is a giant transformation, and then you get to the and then you get to the NCAA tournament, and it just becomes. And I remember covering the NCAA tournament last year, or in March and it was just Andrew it was out of control with how how much changes occurred from teams because guys got nervous guys weren't playing well guys got sick got it just it just it just turned into this just hodgepodge of what the heck was going on you know and obviously you know the better teams were winning which finally the committee wants to see they want to see a perfect bracket they want to see the chalk go through because that's what they picked to happen but it just doesn't happen that way, and it never will happen that way because that's what makes sports so great. I think that a team like Kansas, like you said, has the talent to get really far, and I think they can get to the Final Four. I think that they have a lot of experience and they have a lot of talent on that team where they can get to the Final Four and get there. I think also, again, another team in uh, – in who, who was it that you mentioned? Or, uh, Maryland is pretty good too. They're, they're talented. A team in North Carolina with all of the experience that they have, this is probably the first time since I'd say like 2003 that Roy, uh, that that the coach Roy Williams has had an actual like experienced team. North Carolina hasn't had an experienced team in a long time, and this is the first time in a while that they have. And I think that this is where they're going to finally show and shine a little bit and play like a collective group that they are. I think this will be their year to really show that they can get to the Final Four. Those are my two powerhouse teams to get to the Final Four. I think – I don't know if LSU is going to get to the Final Four, but I think they're going to go far. I think that you're going to see – I don't know. Some team from the Big Ten has got to represent. I guess it's got to be Maryland, right? I mean, it's just – I don't know. That's all I really know is North Carolina and Kansas are really my two chalk teams to get there. Outside of that, I – 
I have no idea because it's just going to be up in the air like it is every year. There's always one random team that gets there. There's always another random team that just finds a way to go deep and spoil some other teams' seasons. It's just how it works in college basketball. Those are my two teams out of the four that I wish I could pick right now. Yep. And then, you know, I got Maryland versus Duke and for my champion. I mean, it's, What's up? It's, it's got to be Duke. The champion's got to be Duke. The, the, you know, they, it's Coach K. It's, it's every year they're, they're at least close. They're at least in the tournament. They're, they're probably in the top ten every year at some point. Um, you know, they're, that they're going to back-to-back champions. That's who I got this year. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't be a shocker at all. Let's do some previews real quick before we head into the weekend. Uh, I'm. It's it's one of those weekends where there's no nationally televised basketball games in the NBA. I mean, you know, obviously there's a ton of college basketball happening uh, today, uh, and you can turn that on. But uh, outside of that, in the NBA, we've got a couple of games for tonight that I would say watch if you're an NBA guru. Utah and Orlando, that's an interesting game from the standpoint of, look, both these teams might be representing in both conferences three years from now. It could be the case. It really could. Utah has a team where, you know, once these older veterans start to fall off the map, Utah is going to be the team to look out for in the West. And then Orlando, as we've seen, could be – they could be right now 5-2 and two or 6-2 and two or 7-2. and two. They could be very easily right now, but they're just not good enough. But these two teams are going to be fun to watch during the weekend. Cleveland and New York is another fun one to watch, obviously. LeBron and Melo in Madison Square Garden. You cannot go wrong with that. I don't care who you are. When you, see, when you have LeBron James in the Mecca, come on now. That's, that's, that's must-see television all by itself. Um, the other game, the games that I wanted to pick against the spread, because I'm not going to pick all these games, Philadelphia is, is underdogs by 13.5 points to Oklahoma City. Now, for those of you that don't remember, and you probably do, March 4th of 2015 – uh, Russell Westbrook had the biggest game of the season. I think he had like an 89 on the whiteboard-worthy performance scale. It was it was ridiculous. I think he had like 49, 15 assists and like 12 rebounds, if I'm not mistaken. And the guy just blew up the blew up the performance scale. I think he had the best performance of the year. They're in Oklahoma City. It wouldn't shock me if he did it again. I just don't think Philadelphia is going to lose by 13 and a half. I think they're going to lose by like 10. They're going to need every one of Russell Westbrook's points tonight because of the fact that Kevin Durant is out. I believe with a hamstring issue, that's what I've heard. If he if he plays, he's going to play very little. So that's going to impact them, and I think Philly's going to keep it close. Brooklyn, they're they're underdogs by seven against Sacramento. I think Sacramento's going to win this game. I just think they're going to win by five. I don't think they're going to win by a lot. They could dominate for all I know, but I could see this being closer than, than people think. Uh, and then the Los Angeles Lakers playing the Dallas Mavericks. For all I know, Los Angeles could win this game. Dallas is just so off and on. And with the emotional performance they had the other night against uh, the Los Angeles Clippers, I could see this game being a letdown for Dallas, and I could see L.A. coming in there and getting a victory. I know it's crazy to say, but that is the case. Other games on the docket for Friday, Minnesota at Indiana, Atlanta at Boston, Pelicans at Raptors, Charlotte at, at Bulls, uh, Trailblazers at Trailblazers at the Grizzlies, uh, Met, uh, Philadelphia, I guess Philadelphia, Oklahoma City, and then Houston at Denver. Uh, anything you want to say about those Friday games before we get to the Saturday-Sunday, Andrew? I'll do rapid fire. Uh, Cavs beat the Knicks. Say say to Golden State, hey, we're right here. Uh, Wolves yep. are going to get a win against a good team. They've been so close. Uh, Jazz are going to beat the Magic on defense alone. Hawks over the Celtics. Hawks have looked awesome. Uh, Pelicans over the Raptors tonight, moving to 2-7. and seven. Uh, 
you know, the Bull, Hornets over the Bulls. They had their number last time. Grizzlies over the Blazers. Um, Thunder beat the 76ers by 40. Russell Westbrook goes for 50. That's, I'm not, no, hey, hey, I am being dead serious, okay? I can see Russell this Westbrook scoring 70. We're not, I mean, I believe you, we're but. Not, we're not, this is the type of game where Kevin Durant's out, Russell Westbrook's like, come on, man, what, what, the, what the hell do I got to do? And uh, Westbrook just goes nuts. You know, he speaks. I want to see Russell Westbrook sip on a kickstart. I want to see Russell Westbrook drink a kickstart tonight. <laughs> I want to see it happen. <laughs> and then I got uh, Mavs just just edging out the Lakers. Uh, I think the the Rockets are gonna be really mad and destroy the Nuggets. And then I got the Nets yeah. still riding the the high wave of beating the beating the Rockets and taking out the Kings. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me either. Saturday games, there's seven of them. Detroit at Clippers, this might be the game of the weekend in the NBA because of the fact that the Clippers have been struggling. And and Detroit's been struggling a little bit too, but these two teams have been on fire to begin the season. I think this is going to be one of the more fun games to watch the year. I might actually watch this one. Orlando and Washington's another fun one, obviously. you got Alfred Payton and John Wall. Uh, and then you got Victor Oladipo. If Bradley Beal's healthy, that would be a fantastic matchup. Two backcourts, that'll be fun to watch. Um, and then, obviously, Vucevic could dominate down low. That's going to be a fun one. Dallas at Houston, Cleveland at Milwaukee, and then two rookie challenges. Now, these are games I want to have you watch if you're an NBA fan. Watch the rookies. Watch to see what uh, Jaleel Okafor can do against a team like Tim Duncan and LaMarcus Aldridge, and you can get a really good scope as to see where Jaleel Okafor is in his development when he plays two of the best players at their position, really. I mean, all-time and currently. I mean, in LaMarcus Aldridge, and uh, and Tim Duncan, and they play two separate styles. You'll get a pretty a good glance at what Jaleel Okafor can do in this game. Even a guy in Nerlens Noel who's young and at his position, you can get a good scope at the big man position there. Obviously, the Spurs should win, but I think you'll get a good scope and see what Jaleel Okafor can do in this game. Obviously, as we've just talked about college basketball, talking about rookies, Denver and Phoenix, Emmanuel Moutier against two guards at Phoenix, uh, and Eric Bledsoe and Brandon Knight. Brandon Knight more of a slashing scorer, and Eric Bledsoe more of an overall game at the guard position. Again, a really good scope on the rookie to see what you can see what you can get from a guy in Emmanuel Moody and how he can play against those two guys. Watch that one for that. I think Phoenix gets the win, but that's going to be a good, good one. And then Brooklyn at Golden State. Yeah, Golden State's going to win by 50. Uh, that's going to happen. Um, and then Sunday, and then I'll let Andrew talk in a sec. Uh, Sunday, New Orleans at the Knicks. Uh, that's going to be a fun one from the perspective of you got you got Anthony Davis in the Mecca. Yeah, that's going to be fun to watch again. Memphis and Minnesota. This is my litmus test of the weekend. These two teams, it is the perfect litmus test. Minnesota, Memphis has been playing really off-kilter lately. They haven't been playing too good. Minnesota has been playing outstanding, and they're a young bunch. This will be the game where we see if Memphis is really starting to actually fall off the map and if Minnesota is actually the team we think they're going to be down the road, or if they're now. This is a game where you can see the now versus the future, and if the future wins, maybe the now or in the future is coming quicker than we think. That's going to be the litmus test of the weekend. Memphis at Minnesota, that should be a good one to watch if you're a really uh, X's and O's type of person and a guy to see kind of where the future of the league is going to be over the next year or so. Portland at, at Charlotte, that's going to be a fun one. Obviously, Charlotte puts it all together. They can beat anybody in the league, most teams in the league. Utah at Atlanta, that's game of the night. Utah at Atlanta, the young team versus the team that's really been playing well in Atlanta. And in Boston and Oklahoma City, I will be doing a post-game show for that on CLNS Radio. You might be, you might hear a lot of uh, Russell Westbrook ball washing on that. I, I'm sorry, CLNS, but it's going to happen if he goes off in that one. I don't think he will, but it's going to be a good one. 
Toronto at Sacramento. That should be a good one. And then rematch of the 2004 NBA Finals, the Detroit Pistons at the Los Angeles Lakers. Expect the same outcome as the NBA Finals as the Detroit Pistons should absolutely shellac the Lakers. What do you see from this weekend, Andrew? Uh, Matchup, and this isn't a whole – I would think this if I lived in Alaska, okay? Matchup mm-hmm. of the weekend is DeAndre Jordan versus Andre Drummond. That that is going to yes. be awesome to see. You know, both yep. of them are are just beast on the uh, beast on the glass. They they block shots. They're fast. They can jump out of the gym. They're seven foot, almost three hundred pounds of just pure muscle. I mean, it's it's something to see. Uh, Golden State's going to have another successful weekend. They you know their schedule set up favorably, especially to start the season so far. They haven't played many great teams. Um. The the Timberwolves, I I think they are going to beat the Grizzlies. I do. If they if this team could start six and four, I mean you're not out of it in the West. I mean obviously no. you're not out of it after ten games, even if you start zero and ten. But that's a good enough start to where I think the way they play the rest of the season, they could compete for that eighth seed. Uh, Jazz versus Hawks is you know one of the best matchups of the weekend. That game is going to be really fun. Uh, you know Pelicans, I got them beating the Lakers again three and seven after that. Uh, Cavs are going to show the Bucks that they're only a low 30s win team. Um, and then I wonder how ugly the score is going to get in 76ers versus Spurs game because that, that could get interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be bad. All right. Well, that's our show for the week. And we're going to send it off with some college basketball theme music. Yeah. So is it college basketball season? It is. Starting tonight, it's going to be a fun time. It's going to be a good time tonight. Obviously, no NBA games, but we have college basketball on the schedule for you. Um, check out our show again for uh, mon- Monday the 16th. We will be back for episode 11, and we will recap the weekend for you. It should be a rather intense weekend in the world of college basketball. Thank you again for listening, and hopefully you have an outstanding weekend and enjoy yourselves. Uh, Andrew, send it off, man. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'm kind of getting angry that we still have 2K, so call in on Monday and win it, or else I'm just going to start playing it myself and have two NBAs, or Chris, I guess, will. Um, but other than that, guys, like I said, thank you for listening. Uh, it, you know, today was a good show. We we had fun doing it. Um, and as I say every time, peace. Have a good weekend, everybody. It's going to be a fun one.